0: And welcome to Journeying Through Scripture Podcast, a podcast where we walk through God's Word together, and today we continue our journey through the book of Acts in chapter 12, and I have entitled this episode, Prayer in the Trenches. And one of our big ideas and our themes that jump out in this chapter is that God triumphs over all opposition, even persecution and imprisonment lead to God's glory and the growth of his kingdom now I love chapter 12. Uh, I love this story about Peter particularly it's both it's both marvelous as well as humorous and I want to bring out the humor factor as well and I hope you see that and I hope you read that it's okay to read the Bible and think that's kind of funny because I think Luke actually writes with a little bit of humor in this story this is Peter's second escape from prison. So we're going to jump into the story, but before we do, we're going to be looking at three scenes or three aspects of this story. We're going to look at God's people in persecution. We're going to look at Peter's escape, and we're going to look at God having the final word and then we'll wrap it all up. So that's how this episode is going to flow. So we jump into the text in verse 1, where it says, About that time, King Herod violently attacked some who belonged to the church, and he executed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the people, he also arrested Peter. So in the first two verses, we have James killed and others violently attacked. We have Peter arrested and a happy King Herod because he is made... The Jewish opposition to Christianity very happy by killing and arresting and hurting the people that were following the church so we want to look at how in this first section how do God's people respond in the face of violence and in the face of persecution Well, if you go to the next verse, after it talks about Peter being arrested, we'll talk a little bit about that in a second, but it says here, Peter was kept in prison, but the church was praying fervently to God for him. So we see that in the face of this violent attack, this persecution and arrest of some of their leaders, the church does not lash out in anger, does not lash out in violence or retaliation, they don't go to the press and and even try to argue their story. What they do is they first and foremost go to prayer. And we often think of prayer as this last resort. Uh, and and I feel like we 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 pray when we got no other options left. And and right now as I record this podcast, I'm reading a book called With reimagining our relationship with God and one of the big things that he he hints at is that even with Bible reading often when we don't incorporate it with prayer we often read the Bible without God and and I think prayer invites God into that process it connects us with God Um, so we we should pray throughout our day in different ways this isn't an always bow your head and close your eyes prayer but to keep an attitude as Paul says of, of praying continually this idea of constantly being in communication with God and inviting God in on all your decisions and with all that's happening in your life. In the early church, this is an intense time of prayer because the situation is intense. And they go to prayer, as as one author will put it, as their first and primary weapon. So how does the church, how do the people of God, how do God's people wage war against the enemy, the world of darkness? Well, we pray and we go to prayer first and foremost. So, even as all this stuff is happening, we see they immediately go to prayer. Now, surrounding Peter, he is assigned four squads of four soldiers to guard. Well, let's remember for one thing, this is not Peter's first rodeo. He's been arrested before, he's gotten out before. And if you recall that story, I want you to, earlier in Acts, I want you to look at this story because there's some similarities and differences about it. Uh, For one, he is guarded much heavier. It's almost like Nebuchadnezzar is trying to make sure that he doesn't get out this time. You can almost think of uh, he's trying to succeed where Nebuchadnezzar failed, where Nebuchadnezzar uh, throws Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, and Herod is almost trying to emphatically make the point, you won't get out of this one. Well... That's almost like a challenge, and we'll see. Because remember, the church is praying. God is moving. Can Herod hold Peter in if God does not want him in the prison? We'll find out. But I want to focus here on, even while Peter looks, it, it, it's a hopeless situation. He has four guards, uh, four squads of four guards. He is heavily guarded. There's no, that the, the church isn't organizing a, a get Peter out of jail mission. There, there's no mission because it would fail. He has too many guards around him anyway, but again, they've gone to their primary weapon, which is prayer. And I want to point out a, a clear application that comes out of that. In troubled times, in trials, and in good times, pray. We need to go to prayer, as our, as John Piper will say, our wartime walkie-talkie because we're always in a war. We're not in a leisure time. We're not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship something to think about as you think of your life and your prayer life that they, they should that we're not on a cruise ship and, and i like how john piper in his book let let the nations be glad brings out that aspect that that prayer is this wartime walkie-talkie and often i'm guilty of not using prayer that way i'm actually very guilty of going to prayer as the last resort like my attempts have, have Fixing this problem have failed. God, it's your turn instead of going to God first and foremost." Um, and we could go more on that, but uh, I think you get the idea. So let's go to B, Peter's escape, and this is where the humor kind of enters in. I, I love the story, but I want to point out some important things here. Uh, the, with the odds stacked against Peter, we find him not pacing around his cell, not negotiating his way out, not resisting, but resting. In fact, we find Peter asleep, and as we're going to see, he's not just asleep. He's in a deep sleep. So. I'm going to tell the story instead of just reading. I'm going to walk through it to save time, but you should go back and read it. The details are striking, but an angel shows up while Peter is sleeping. Peter does not wake up. It talks about a light shining in the room. Peter's still not going to wake up. The angel has to strike Peter on his side. He kind of wakes up. The angel says, put your sandals on, get your outer garments on. He does these things. He's half asleep. The chains fall off they walk out of the door they walk past all the guards they walk to the gate of the city the gate opens on its own the angel leaves and then peter wakes up uh fully and as the verse would say he came to himself which means he realized oh this is not a dream like i really am out of prison right now and he goes to john mark's house uh probably the writer of the gospel of mark and he knocks on the door and the humor continues here i And watch the humor. Picture the scene. He's just miraculously been let out of prison. Now, again, I want to to point out, it's not really Peter's escape, is it? God rescued Peter completely. Peter wasn't even awake during the rescue. He was pretty much uh, sleepwalking almost. He thought it was some kind of a dream, a vision. He didn't realize he was actually getting out of prison. I mean, he played no part except for putting one foot in front of the other half consciously and yet he's out of prison he goes to John Mark's house it's the middle of the night he knows they're gonna be looking for him soon he knocks on the door and the servant uh, comes up named Rhoda, and Rhoda hears Peter knocking saying, hey, let me in. She recognizes his voice and is so excited she forgets to open the door and leaves Peter outside exposed to the people that want to arrest and kill him and goes and tells the church who is praying or the believers who are praying. And the believers who are praying for Peter are like, no, you're out of your mind. He can't be out there. He's been arrested with four squads of four guards. He's not standing at the door. Well, meanwhile, Peter's knocking very quietly at the door, trying not to draw too much attention because he's just gotten out of prison, miraculously. He's trying to keep it low-key, and he's also trying to get in the house and out of the street. And as she, as the, the servant continues to try to convince them, they say, well, maybe it's his angel. And, and finally they go, and they open the door, and it's Peter. And they start getting so excited that Peter has to shush them and quiet them down because, again... You're just out of prison. You don't want to draw that much attention. People are going to stare and see and know, and send guards your way. And so Peter has to calm him down, really, really quietly. And it's interesting too because the church was praying that, praying for Peter. Now, that's interesting to me because I, I wonder if what they were praying was that Peter would have strength and that he would be able to glorify God in his his time of trial. But it doesn't seem like they were praying for his escape. And if, even if they were, I don't think Luke is writing this as a way to kind of shame the church for not believing he escaped. I mean, this is so miraculous. They just really can't believe it. I think instead, that, I mean, as they're praying, whatever they're praying, we're not actually told... The content of their prayer they are amazed and astonished that god has answered their prayer but the humor is as they're praying for peter they don't believe he's walked out as we kind of close that part of the story peter you know unlike the first time where he actually went back to the temple the next morning and was teaching when they were looking for him he was back in the temple where they had arrested him previously this time it's different he actually goes to another house saying it's not it's not safe for me to stay here so he's thinking practically too god has gotten me out of prison i need to make a wise choice to go to some place and lay low and that's what he does and so that's what we have. But the story isn't over there. We go into the, the next section here, which is God has the final word. Because you see Herod, who's caused all kinds of trouble and all kinds of problems for the church, now goes to Tyre and, and Sidion, and he's going to do some, some business there. And he's very prideful in himself, and God sends another angel. One struck Peter on the side to wake him up. This one will strike Herod down to die. Herod failed to stop the church. God strikes him dead. And we see in verse 24 a beautiful concluding sentence But the word of God spread and multiplied. So, no matter what Herod had done to try to stop the church and squash the church, the church grew, the word of God spread, and the church multiplied daily, just as it had through any and all persecution. This is why I go back to the main idea here being God triumphs over all opposition and that even persecution and imprisonment lead to God's glory and the growth of his kingdom because that's what we see here. At the end of it all, at the end of his acting violently towards the members of the church, killing James, arresting Peter, we see God being glorified, the word being spread. And in the end, Herod is dead so now let's wrap this all up so wrapping it up i want to look at four four points or four concluding statements here uh so here's just a few thoughts one peter didn't know the earthly outcome of what was going to happen to him he very much could have been thinking i'm going to die tomorrow and and god would be good even if i do after all james was executed if God lets me die for him, he'll be glorified through that. He doesn't know the earthly outcome, but he knows the ultimate outcome that no matter what, live or die, if God miraculously gets me out of this like he did before or not, God will be glorified. The word will spread, his kingdom will grow, God will triumph. God would win whether he lived or he died, and God will live no matter what life throws. Our way. We see the church's response to trial and even violence and arrest was prayer. It wasn't their last resort, as I said earlier, but it was their go-to response. Prayer is our weapon. Not that God always answers our prayers the way we think he should or the way we want him to. God's not a genie like that. He doesn't grant wishes for us, but we pray to him not to ask him, do things like a wish, like you would a genie, but that God's kingdom would grow. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Remember the prayer, the Lord's prayer. But he is over all things. He is our refuge. We pray that his glory go out. He is our source of power and our eternal security. The church prayed and prayed fervently. They didn't just kind of pray or pray until it you know, something else popped in their head, or they wanted to go watch TV, they prayed fervently. This was an intense prayer going late into the evening. Never doubt the power of God as well. Because, again, I want to say that likely they were praying for Peter's strength and God's glory, and they seemed genuinely surprised that God freed him. Never doubt the power of God, He is capable of all things number three we see that god triumphs over all though james was killed god won peter is imprisoned god won peter is rescued god wins through this whole story the theme is that god is not stopped thwarted or in any way hindered by man's attempt to stop him and lastly we see that god will not tolerate those who oppose him forever though Herod had opposed God for a long time there comes a day where he will not tolerate that anymore and on that day he struck Herod down and he died God passed judgment on Herod that day an angel strikes him and this is in contrast verse 24 and I want you to catch the contrast here Herod is struck dead but the Word of God spread and the church grew Herod was finished but God and his people are marching on no matter what this world throws at you god's people and his kingdom will march on to victory pray that today and i'll see you next time on journey through the scriptures